Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm your host tonight, Joe Chung. Sean has the week off. I'm obviously not the man who founded Miles to Memories. It is just me, Joe, but we have a great guest tonight. It is Ian Snyder. He is a frequent writer on the Miles to Memories site, and he just got back from a whirlwind trip to Turkey. So we're going to talk to him about that, what it's like to be flying internationally right now, what Turkey is or is not doing about COVID-19, his love of cats, getting attacked by people trying to sell him carpets, even though, you know, he's probably only traveling with a carry-on bag. We're going to go over all that. We're also going to talk about how to book Turkish awards and, of course, rapid fire. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review, a positive review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Actually, you can just go to mtmpodcast.com and uh, all that stuff is there. But yeah, we really appreciate positive reviews. And definitely, if you enjoy Ian, make sure you give him a shout out on Apple Podcasts as well. So let's uh, get to it. Mark, how are you doing? How's everything going? Was last week your first full week with kids in school? I mean, that must have been amazing. You know, the first week was probably like a half week, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like a half week. Yeah, so last week was great. Um, You know, I got to go have lunch, uh, met up with some buddies for lunch one day and stuff. So it was a good time. Uh, Went golfing once uh, in the afternoon before we picked them up. So that was good. And then today, Joe, I got uh, a taste of homeschooling or virtual schooling. Uh-oh. And yeah, because uh, my wife had some uh, COVID symptoms. So to be safe, we kept the kids home and she went and got tested uh, this weekend. The rapid test came back negative, but she's out of she can't work since she works with elderly. And plus, it's just not a good idea. So she's off work until the swap nasal swap comes back and where you have to keep the kids out of school until that comes back, too. So they did virtual school today and my son said he wants to do it until his birthday and my daughter and my daughter hated it (laughs) (laughs) well at least one of them hated it Uh, well she's in first grade so she could not handle it so that was why my son you know i think he felt like he was at work like daddy does and he was just like this is cool he didn't bother us yeah he didn't bother us he he pretty much handled it uh he got done a little early and you know for recess they went and jumped on the trampoline and stuff so they had a good time, but she struggled a little bit, which is understandable in first grade. But. I mean, I want to read Ian in, but I got one more question for you about this. So is your school, I know it's a small school. So are like for their virtual students, is the teacher like teaching your kids at home at the same time she's teaching the class? Like, how did that work? Yeah, it's like, uh, like I think it's on Zoom, Zoom setup. So they have like a camera overlooking the whole class and she just teaches like she normally would. And then the kids, they can hear the kids that are, because uh, there's a couple kids that just stay home so they can talk and, and chime in and they have to get reminded to put themselves on mute <laughs> when they're not not supposed to be talking. But yeah, she just teaches normally. And then uh, they just chime in. They'll ask the kids question that are doing virtual and stuff and they they fill in and they can see each other on the screen and everything. So they still have interaction. It's not just sitting there listening, which is kind of nice. Awesome. All right. And then uh, our guest tonight is Ian Snyder. You know, you've probably read his article on the website, but just in case you haven't, Ian, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? You know, talk to us about uh, your family, your love of travel, you know, whatever you want to share. What's up, Ian? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. As Joe said, my name is Ian Snyder. I've been contributing for my, to Miles to Memories now for, I think, just about a year, hair over a year. I can't even remember. Writing sporadically a little less this summer, but I'm married and I have three kids. Uh, my wife and I adopted three kids about three years ago, and um, I've taken them to a handful of countries now. And I love traveling, obviously, I'm with them by myself. My wife and I traveled a lot too. 
prior to kids and it's just been a love for, for many years. And I love sharing about travel and award redemptions and all sorts of stuff and milestone memories and a couple other blogs. So why don't you uh, tell us, you know, you adopted the kids three years ago. So do you have a family trip within the last three years that you found was like the most memorable? Like what's like the best time the five of you have had together on the road? Disneyland for sure. Disneyland. <laughs> we've only, we've only had. This dude's a, only... okay. For those who don't know the inside joke, this dude is a hater. Okay. But Sean's not here. So I'm outnumbered. So, you know, we're not gonna he's, talk about he's that. A ha- he's a hater of all things Disney and Vegas, except for he's been to Vegas like seven times already this year. <laughs> all right. Tell us your favorite trip. Uh, don't let us interrupt you, Ian. Sorry. So <laughs> we've only taken a few uh, full family trips and my wife has been a little overwhelmed. We were really overwhelmed at first with uh, going from just a couple to a family of five, just like that. And um, our first trip was Disneyland. We live in California. We live in far northern California. And um, we headed down to Disney for three full days. I think we had one day not in the parks, and then two days in the parks. And use airline miles for getting down there and uh, cost share a little bit with my in-laws. And it was fun. The kids had a blast, but it was absolutely exhausting. But in terms of like actual memories from a trip, that's probably the best one that we've had as a family. I am hoping to take us internationally, though, over one of the kids' breaks uh, in 2021, assuming things are, are much more opened up and, and my well, wife comfortable with it. You've done a couple uh, longer trips with the older kids, the, old, the older two kids, right? You did, you mm-hmm. did China, I believe, and I forget you did South America too. Yeah, right? I did. Did China with both, um, and then I did Taiwan briefly with my older son, and then I did Buenos Aires with my daughter. So I've taken them individually. Usually, I try to do once a year if I can. So we should clarify: um, you adopted your kids. You know how old are they? Uh, <laughs> You know, we uh, skipped that, you know, minor detail, minor detail. They're actually like 27. <laughs> They're his age. So um, I have a daughter who is uh, 13 and um, is full on teenage girl and is is uh, hard for me to handle sometimes. Um, I have and then I have two boys. My boys are nine, almost 10 and six. I can't keep it straight. Every, like every three months, what are those changes? It's funny because because you're what you're 30, 30, 31, 31. And uh, somebody said, wow, you started young, <laughs> started young with kids because you're walking around with your daughter. <laughs> you're like, yep, totally. We were on that team pregnancy uh, M- <laughs> MTV show. I've gotten that quite a few times um, when I tell people, oh, you have kids. How old are they? I'm like 13. I get to like, really? Sort of look. <laughs> I mean, if you no. have that conversation in person, they look pretty different from you. So I think people could probably figure that out. But there's another issue there where I'm walking with my daughter and people are trying to every once in a while, I get someone trying to reconcile. Is she my daughter or is she my wife? And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. it's oh, so no. embarrassing for both Man. of us. I'm, so I'm, super, I'm like, can we just move on? I just feel so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Because you know, uh, I mean, Mark, I know you've, I, I know you've seen those pairs of people together where you weren't sure whether it was a, yeah, I know, thirteen year olds a bit, yeah, that's, <laughs> bit. I, that's, that, that's questionable. People struggle telling ages sometimes. They do, they do. <laughs> that's true. I mean, 
Ian looks a young looking guy too. So uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Rick, Rick, from Rick. The, Rick from the chances <laughs> that we're, this is going weird places. So we're going to move on. Let's get to Turkey. Okay. Sean's not here. This is a disaster. So we better get back on track. All right, Ian. So uh, you went to Turkey. It was a super short trip. So let's just start with how long were you actually in Turkey? How many nights did you spend there? And how many nights were you away total? Since I'm guessing you lost one night for travel on the way over. Yep, I did. So um, it was about five nights total. Um, I had three nights in Turkey, one night in transit at inside Amsterdam airport, and literally about 36 hours on the ground uh, in Istanbul. And I only saw Istanbul. It's going to be not worth it trying to go anywhere else so you are classic at doing these like fly 20 hours to spend less than 40 hours on the ground type of trips right because flying's part of it it's a whole lot of it i really like <laughs> flying i know that's not shared by everyone but i really like flying my actually part of the plan for this one was for to fly uh lufthansa a340 business class um i'd never flown an a340 and never flown lufthansa and there's tons of award space close in so i booked this just under like i don't know 12 days before departure something like that it was really close in booked the tickets with united miles and flying blue miles coming home and uh no, no turkish no, no turkish, turkish to go to turkey i know i know <laughs> They charge fuel surcharges, so why would I want that unless That's it's true. unless it's United? So at 36 hours on the ground, Turkey's cheap. The exchange rate, the lira to US dollar is really favorable. I don't know if you're aware, but Istanbul has a new air, newer airport. I mean, it just opened in 2018. It was it's like 45 minutes to an hour from the main areas of the city. And the taxi is like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. It's really inexpensive. So there's no mass transit to get out there. You really got to take a cab to get in. I got in mid-afternoon. My Hyatt hotel hopped while I was there. There's a couple all in the same area. Um, although I did move about mile, mile and a half away to another um, small SLH property. So, and had a blast. Now, were, were you uh, doing the hop because of promotions or for Brand Explorer or just because you're a wackadoo and you wanted to check out multiple hotels i think we all know the answer to that one <laughs> the last one i'm a wackadoo no i did i did get the park hyatt for brand explorer but i could have stayed all three nights at the park hyatt but as it turns out of the three hotels i picked park hyatt ranks three out of three so and number one was the one that you got uh to the whole hotel to yourself or no yes the entire hotel to myself the tom tom suites was 20 rooms it's close to the Istiklal Jedisi, the, I don't know how to say it. I tried to practice a tiny bit of Turkish before I left. I always try the language and it's just impossible, but. We wouldn't um, know the difference. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it, there's 20 rooms. They said it was pretty full over the weekend, but the night, I, the day I checked in, no one had stayed the previous night. I was the only guest for that night and I was, and then no one was checking in the next day. So. I had it literally all to myself. Did they like follow you around and sweep up behind you and stuff? And like when you open your door, they're just standing Spray there. Light all behind everywhere he goes. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Uh, I did feel a little awkward when the the bellman came in. When he he grabbed. I mean, I carried super light little carry on and a small backpack, and he's like picking up both and escorting me along and pushing the elevator button and doing all this. 
Yeesh, that definitely sounds awkward. So I know you wrote about it on Miles to Memories and you took a picture of your breakfast. Where was that? Was that in the lounge, like in the normal place or, you know, where did that happen? That was a restaurant. So they have a top floor restaurant, actually um, both hotels, unfortunately, and very suddenly the other one, the Niche Palace, just left the Unbound collection. So that was an Unbound collection option. They just, as of, I think the 8th of September, pulled the plug. And so both of those, the other two Hyatt hotels have top floor restaurants. But what was funny, the guy offered, you can have breakfast at the restaurant you can have breakfast in your room. We'll bring it to you whenever you want within these hours. I was like, wow, okay, this is not normal for the breakfast benefit, but they didn't really care because they're preparing a tray of food for me anyway. <laughs> so it's like I'm the only person, only person there. But uh, the restaurant has really nice views of the Bosporus. So um, I went up there for, for breakfast. It was really, really nice. So we'll go a little backwards from the agenda we sent you, but you know, a lot of people in the MTM Diamond group were just kind of looking for recommendations for what to see and what to do in Istanbul. So do you want to talk about some highlights? I don't know, probably with 36 hours, did you use any guides or anything like that? Because there was a question about that. But you know, just in general, what was your tourist experience in Turkey or Istanbul, really? So um, I might travel a little bit differently than some I really... Love a little bit walk <laughs> yes walk. i might travel a lot differently than most but um i really like walking exploring on foot and typically what i'll do ahead of time is pick out just like a couple places i want to eat pick out the top sites i'll make sure if i need to get tickets ahead of time i'll get tickets ahead of time but um i don't typically like to do guided tours um although sometimes i will but um i kind of did a self tour of the highlights of istanbul and I really suggest starting at the Galata Bridge, which is over the um, what's called the Golden Horn. So the geography of Istanbul, it's kind of on a point of land out toward the Bosporus Strait. And right above it, there's this inlet of water that runs, I think, for a few miles called the Golden Horn. And the bridge crosses that. So there's restaurants like under the bridge and it has views out over, over either side of the water. So it's really, it was a really pleasant place to just grab a cup of coffee uh, in the morning and kind of start my day. From there, I moved past one of the uh, mosques and there's an Egyptian spice market and it kind of just uh, weaved my way up the hill toward the Hagia Sophia, which is one of the highlights and biggest attractions in Istanbul and a UNESCO site. And um, it was just recently converted from a museum because um, it has a shared Islamic and Christian history, uh, but it was just recently converted, converted into a mosque. But you can still visit and enter um, and see the inside. A little bit of renovation going on, kind of across the square is the Blue Mosque, and that was the next next uh, place I went, but that's under heavy renovation um, currently, so it's not really worth, uh, I mean, you can walk in, but it's not really worth seeing, there's not a lot to see. It's, it's beautiful from the outside though. Um, near there is also the Topkapi Palace, and it's an Ottoman, uh, Ottoman palace uh, that's several hundred years old, and that was very much worth the entry fee and pretty much self-guided tour through there. They typically have a paid tour through the harem, but during COVID, it's just a self-guided self-guided tour. The harem is just the private apartment, private area for the what was for the Sultan at the time, like 400, 500 years ago. A couple other really great places that I really enjoyed. There's um, the Suleimaniye Mosque at the top of one of the hills that has great views of the Golden Horn and other parts of Istanbul, the Bosporus. Um, that's worth walking up to. If you head all the way out on the tram to the old city wall, the old city wall is super cool. And I really enjoyed taking a walk out, out there. And there's a museum that is the, 
Panorama 1453 Museum. So if you're not too familiar with the history of Istanbul, um, they called it just the, the center of the world. And uh, at the time, uh, it was previously Byzantium and Constantinople. And in 1453, the Ottoman Turks besieged it and conquered it. And um, the museum kind of recounts the history of that conquest and everything that went into it. You do need an audio guide. Everything's in Turkish. The audio guide's like $2. It's something super, super cheap, but it's entirely worth it to listen to some of the history. The panorama itself and up in the dome is really cool at the top, and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was kind of the last thing on my list, but I'm really glad I headed out there and did that. I was told by a carpet seller that I also I did the trifecta perfect Istanbul day, the last day I was there. Uh, I guess it's the last full day I was there. I kind of had most, most of the day for my last day, but perfect trifecta is supposedly, according to him, a uh, Bosporus boat tour, a hammam, and a Turkish carpet sale. But that makes sense. <laughs> given he's just a carpet salesman. <laughs> and you didn't buy one, so you didn't have the perfect day. <laughs> Technically, I bought a table runner, but no, I didn't buy a carpet because you wanted Dude, $400 that... for it, and that was a no-go. Dude, respect. That is a great setup by that guy. Yeah. You know, that. I mean, that is, you know, That's you had to buy something runner. for him. Yeah, you had to buy something. The Game previous guy. Damien. Yeah, the previous guy had he was so sleazy and i ended up buying like some postcards because i was just like there's a little shop whatever i buy postcards anyway i'll spend a couple bucks whatever i bought oh, postcards in the magnet which is pretty typical but this guy was actually really pleasant really nice wasn't pushy and he was like the last one of a string of almost the last one of a string of like seven that had accosted me that day so it's one thing to really be aware of in the touristy areas by the blue mosque and the Hagia sophia is that young fairly well-dressed Turkish man approaches you. He has good English. He's probably going to want to try to sell you a carpet or something else. And he's going to invite you to come to his shop, take a look at stuff, hand you a cup of tea, chit chat, try to build rapport with you. It was, it was funny how all three of them that I actually walked with had some connection to California. It was just like too coincidental. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, like, did you get the impression obviously tourism is hurting like everywhere. So, I mean, did you get any impression for like how badly Istanbul seems affected right now? Like, did they seem like normal pushy or did they seem like desperate pushy? I, I don't, I, you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. So no one seemed actually truly desperate pushy, but pretty much all three of the conversations I did have with the guys that I actually chatted with for a bit, they did start to mention things are hurting. It's been a rough year, rough summer. Istanbul and Turkey on the whole tends to get a good amount of tourism from Russia. I think that's still been their biggest influx, but that's been nothing like it used to have been. I obviously don't have a baseline. This is my first visit to Istanbul, so I don't even know if the tourist sites were way less crowded, way more crowded than normal. This I, had, I have no baseline to compare against. I felt like the city was lively. There's people around. There were no massive crowds, that's for sure. Um, and there were rarely lines to get in anything um, so it didn't feel like it was crazy busy, but um, I know from what I saw that tourism is definitely hurting. Hotels are hotel occupancy, as you can tell by the hotel I was at by myself, is pretty down to the Park Hyatt. I wasn't the only guest, but it was weirdly quiet, weirdly quiet. Now, many people don't know, but Ian is like that creepy cat lady that <laughs> yep. takes pictures with <laughs> their cat every day and then post you can't it tell by the hair track. yeah you can't tell by the hair but he is the <laughs> so, crazy cat lady actually that's funny 
Those old crazy cat ladies do have short hair. So you know what? Maybe you can't tell by the hair. <laughs> so like, what was it like six months ago, your family brings home a stray cat and you're like, oh no, I don't want this. And then like four weeks later, you're adopting a second cat. And yep. now they're like number one on your chart of family love, like above your kids. But then you go to, you go to instant Istanbul and it's like your cat lover dream of a billion cats everywhere on the streets, which I I didn't know about. And that's kind of unexpected. So I'm sure, you know, I know some people in the Diamond Lounge are going there. They, they might not know about it, but you wrote an article on a travel update about it, that there's a couple hundred thousand cats estimated that are strays just roaming the streets in Istanbul, correct? Correct. Yeah, they estimate there's somewhere between 150,000 and up up to about a million stray cats in Istanbul. So that's um, a wide range. That's a really, really so wide, wide range. range. They can't really get a good, good estimate on the number they of need, cats. But. They need Bob Barker in Istanbul to pay <laughs> and neuter your animals. <laughs> they do. They do. Cause they don't, the obviously, wrong. they don't do anything. They're all over the place. There's, there's a park pretty close to the Park Hyatt, the St. Regis and I think it was St. Regis. Yeah, St. Regis. And the other hotel I say that Nish Palace that had is a I, I saw a couple of stray cats and then I wondered, I'm like, why are these two cats just chilling on a mat in front of this designer clothing store? Like, okay, whatever. This is weird. But there's like it, it seemed like unusual. There were a handful on the street. And I go around to the next block to the park, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's like 50 in the park just scattered around from like several weeks old to a couple that look pretty, pretty old, but they don't, they don't last especially long on the street. The cats are owned by both nobody and everybody. Some people just put out food for them. They are definitely loved. I thought I might be the odd man out wanting to actually stoop down and pet the cat or pick up a cat, but um, plenty of other people. Okay. I just occasionally see other people loving the cats and uh, putting out food for them and stuff like that. And so it was, it was pretty cool. So I got a cat fix while I was, while I was, well, I didn't fix the cats, but I got my cat fix. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, that would solve the problem. Yeah. That would solve the problem. Now there's, what is there? There's like an Island in Japan. That's like this, that has just cats everywhere. Right. That you always send us pictures of. So this was like, kind of like your fix until you can get there. It basically was, but even those aren't anywhere near probably the number you could see in Istanbul. There's like contained on an Island, but I think the numbers there are only like, only a few hundred, something like that on the island. Now, what was the whole entry like with COVID times and everything and flying into a foreign country, coming to U.S., who's like the capital of virus? I know they're they're pretty much open in uh, Turkey, and you made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like it was kind of like business as usual when you're going through customs and everything? Pretty much. So the <laughs> flights, <laughs> the flights um, you have to wear a face covering on Lufthansa. You have to wear not just a face covering, but a mask on Air France and KLM, which is my return. So I got very gently chided by the KLM flight attendant um, to not use my uh, cloth neck gaiter that I have coming back. So there's those measures with the airlines, but that basically ended at the border. There were very few places that were kind of mandating people wear masks um, that come inside. The only one I recall off the top of my head is Starbucks in uh, the touristy area <laughs> in, in Istanbul. So you go, to, you go to Turkey and you went into Starbucks? I needed to charge my phone so I could take pictures that evening. That's literally the only reason. Sure. Uh, yeah. You couldn't handle the Turkish coffee, could you? 
No, you can take the American out of America, but you can't take the America out of the American. Coming back to the U.S., what was that like going through customs? Uh, customs coming back, they still had the form at the time you talked to an officer coming back. He asked you health screening. Do you have any symptoms? Confirm where you were. And that, that's literally it. It's literally I talk to you and you fill out a paper. I take the paper. I hand it to a CBP agent and I go my merry way. That's pretty much the entirety of it. They take your name, they take a couple other bits of information, but that's all. Going to Turkey, all you need is a e-visa. You can get that online. But I mean, as far as other restrictions entering the country, I guess people do wear masks at the airport. I don't even remember a temperature scan. I think they, I th- I think they might have had one, but it would have been like those little ones that shoot you from a distance. Anything else about uh, Istanbul before we move on? We want to talk about a little bit about uh, Turkish Airlines redemption since, uh, you know, you have a lot of experience with that. But any closing thoughts about Istanbul before we move on? I will say the Bosper's boat tour that people will probably try to sell you over and over again, definitely worth it. It's worth getting on the boat, heading out up to the bridge and around. I really did enjoy that. I have I have a I, I enjoy boat tours anyway in general, and I had planned to book it. But um, I probably got asked like 10 times by different vendors trying to sell me tickets, but it's totally worth totally worth the money. Let me cut in for a second. I feel like pretty much anywhere you can go that you can do a boat tour, it's worth it. I don't think it's ever been like, oh, that was a waste of money because it gives you like a different view of the city. You also get highlights. You get narration a lot of times when you're on them. So wherever you go, get the boat tour like day one. A lot of times they'll give you tips and stuff you you didn't read before and, and stuff to go check out later. Yeah, agreed. What's funny is this one, they had uh, English and Turkish and Russian recorded for it. And they had a guy speaking live in Spanish. I guess I didn't explain this earlier, but my kids are all from Costa Rica. I speak some Spanish. His tour was actually better than the recorded one in general. It was really, it was really cool to listen, to be able to listen and hear and hear that um, as I was taking photos. But I absolutely agree. Totally worth it from the water. Great views of the city city has water all around it. It's it's in that in Istanbul's case is fantastic. Last thing I want to mention, eat some of the sweets. Turkey's famous for baklava. So I went to a, a sweet shop along uh, Istiklal Kadesi. This kind of independent street, I think was what it translates to in English. It's like a shopping, shopping district. It's worth walking down. Um, and there's a couple of cool places to see along it. So those are my last last of the highlights of Istanbul. And make sure you get your Starbucks fix. Yeah, it'd be the cheapest Starbucks you ever buy. It was like two bucks for latte. Oh, there you go. Moving. Oh, food? The cheapest sandwich, too. I bought a sandwich and a bottle of water for $1.35. That was fantastic. It's better than the Costco hot dog deal. <laughs> but your tongue. All right, moving on to Turkish redemptions. Uh, I hate them. You love them. Uh, you've done. You're wrong. You- you do them just to spite me, basically. Like you're just like, hey, by the way, I spent seven hours booking this thing, but I got it. <laughs> so give, give us the 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 tips and tricks, like the best way to get stuff booked. Um, I know things have changed since COVID. Like people were having trouble emailing in and stuff. So what's worked the last few few times that you've tried? My go-to office for emailing for Turkish Redemptions is the Boston Reservations office. They've always been most responsive. Hey yo. But yeah, there we forgot you were there. But yeah, they've uh, they've been the best, most responsive. But that kind of died in June. They stopped responding. Hey, no, and it's either they hate me now because I've made like twelve requests, or they 
I don't know, dialed back people. They pulled the office. I don't know, but that was my go-to, but now you can typically call and pull up availability. Um, I actually have yet to, I look up stuff online. You can log into Turkish. Um, you got to create an account. Um, you can look up some availability with partners, including United online on their, on their website. But typically I find you still need to call to try to put together um, the itinerary you want. I've been pretty successful. I know there's been lots of frustration also with putting together awards with them for people, but they have some fantastic award prices. Economy in the US starts at 7,500 miles one way. That includes Hawaii and Alaska. So not just the continental US, but everywhere. And then business within the con- all the US is 12,500 Turkish miles. It's a phenomenal deal. And as Mark will probably laugh at me for saying, <laughs> I I spent 25,000 miles when I had uh, my first pretty decent stash of, of city thank you points just to fly United uh, Premium Transcontinental back and forth across the US to see if I could actually ticket it for 12,500 miles on way. And sure enough, I flew to Newark and back and had a blast. Because I love to check flying. out the uh, the porta potties that they have instead of actual bathrooms in Newark. <laughs> That's also, hey, oh, Joe's homeland, <laughs> my homeland as well. But um, and then you book. We you don't claim you anymore, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> then you also Flanders. What's up, Flanders, New Jersey? Um, you also booked. To, you went to Hawaii booking Turkish. Was that that was an economy though, right? Correct. Yep, economy seventy five hundred miles there, and thirteen thousand avios come back. And how, how many hours did you spend on the ground in Hawaii? Forty. Think. Oh, so more than I did oh, with Arby's. Probably, so. I think. More than your Arby's trip. Yeah, two nights. Ian loves less than two-day travel. <laughs> hey, I can't be away all that long for both work <laughs> and family, so it's crazy flying back and forth. I usually come home, and by that time, I've exhausted myself. I need a vacation to recover. A quick question before we move to rapid fire on that. I'm not against you know the weekend trip to Europe or whatever, although I'm on the East Coast, so it's not as much of a long investment time-wise, but on these short trips of yours, like, have you ever been hit by a delay? And doesn't that like, just like, if you get hit by like a 10 hour delay, like all of a sudden you only have 20 hours on the ground. Like, so, you know, how do you either deal with that if it's happened or like how, what's your kind of plan to deal with that just mentally? Cause I'm sure it's something you've thought about at least uh, as you're making these short trips. As long as he gets on the plane, he doesn't care because he travels just to fly, I think. Part of and it. He's one of those nerds that like knows the plane type, like one of those wackadoos yeah. that knows the plane type before he gets on it, Joe. Every time. <laughs> Not everything is an A330, Mark. <laughs> Not everything. That's our joke. He's like, hey, what kind of plane is that? Not, no matter what it is, I'd say A330. Even if it's a 747. <laughs> You should be able to tell. It's very obvious. I always say it, no matter what. It could be. Uh, it could be. Man, Ian got real mad there. It could be a little photo jumper on like American Eagle, and I'm like, ah, that's a good. A three thirty. A three thirty. It has two aisles, I think. <laughs> it has two seats. <laughs> I have. Un- I have fortunately not gotten hit with any delays yet on um, trips like that. So they've long haul trips. I mean, uh, the only one that I had that I had issues with was a trip with um, my kids and we got notified about 30 hours or so ahead of departure, maybe a little less. They had a mechanical issue for the outbound flight. They just canceled both the legs on that. So I just got rerouted on Delta to, to get there. So it wasn't, it wasn't 
an issue. I haven't had anything where it's like, oh, massive delay. You arrive late. You get to see the city for five hours and you get to cry because you spend all this time and, and nothing happens. So I haven't had to deal with it, but one day it'll probably happen and just totally hose me. All right, let's move on to rapid fire. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us today? Uh, the one I wanted to share was Ryan wrote an article about uh, the brand Explorer with Hyatt and why uh, he books like he breaks up his trips into a bookings under his name and then his wife's name. Super simple tip, but something people probably don't think about. Um, if you're going to like a let's say you're going to a Park Hyatt in, in Istanbul, then you can book the first night under your name and the next night under your wife's name. And then you get the, to double dip the brand Explorer. So if you're in a two player system, whatever, you know, or two friends or however you want to do it, if you break it up your stays, then you each get the brand Explorer perk. After you hit five category or five new hotels, you get a free night and you can get up to three of those uh, per account. So pretty good way to do it. I always do that if we're traveling somewhere and even though I have the status, my wife doesn't, I'm willing to book the stay with her account if it's something she hasn't been to yet. We even did it where I'll book the stay for myself under her account and then go stay at the hotel take to do the uh, brand explorer. But sometimes you run into a problem like I did at Guild Hall where they say she's supposed to be here. And I say, well, she's not. So what do you want to do about this? And they say, well, we'll let it slide. So you might run into that, but otherwise, uh, most of them don't care. They can call ahead and just add your name or whatever. How about you, Ian? What do you have for rapid fire? For rapid fire, I have a recent article on Miles Memories by Zoe Stevens. Love I, Zoe. It's talking about the seven of the world's least visited countries. I really enjoyed it. I am a geography nerd, and I have heard of all seven on the list, And but there's some pretty cool places that are, are really far flung, hard to get to, so I enjoy reading about all of those. Um, of those on the list, there's, I think, four out of them are islands in the Pacific and um, some of the hard ones to get to. And it's funny because one of them that's one of the least visited, the, the Marshall Islands, is one that's along the United Island Hopper route, um, which, as you probably picked up on, I am an av geek of sorts. And um, You're a geek of all things. I'm a geek of all things, but <laughs> I, but it's right along the route. And it's one of those that I thought, hey, new country. Bunch. It's a country made up of a bunch of small islands, small atolls, and staying for a couple nights, break up the trip might be might be pretty cool before moving on to to Micronesia. So check that out. It's a cool list of countries. Some of them super beautiful, but uh, you will not be sharing them with other tourists. What about you, Joe? What do you have for us? Yeah, so I've got uh, the Hyatt Bonus Journeys promo. It's like a pretty great promo right now. You have to check out the article on Mouse to Memories because there's a lot of like nuances, but basically you can earn 15 to 20x points on your stays per dollar, uh, depending on your Hyatt status and whether you have the World of Hyatt credit card. But you can also earn double elite nights starting on October 1st. So basically your qualifying year for 2021 is going to be 15 months long. Plus you get the double qualifying elite nights. And I think the double thing runs all the way through January 4th. So there's a lot of different ways that you can play this. Actually, Ian, I know you're planning on taking advantage of this. Do you have like a quick... 30 second version of what you plan to do yeah i have two bookings made um both a little speculative plans aren't locked in but um i'm hoping to head to the the alila property here in california in big sur ventana big sur um it's thirty thousand points tonight but with the 25 percent back you get a massive number of points back it's a great reduction off of that so that's my hope mine's just redemption getting the 25 percent back i was so excited that they extended that 
Am I mistaken? You get like double knights. Oh yeah, you too, get the right? knights. So those are even award knights. So those five award knights that I have, I had those three knights and other two planned, all on points. They'll all count for 2021, which is pretty cool. So I get five for this year. I might even get close to 60. Might get that category one through seven free knight if I'm if I manage to actually qualify for globalist again, and then they'll just jump start for 2021. So yeah, so that's a great point, Ian. It's not exactly double nights. It's kind of like they're counting for both years, but you can hit the milestone rewards. Honestly, it's like a lot. That's why you got to check out the article. It lays that all out there for you. Mark, anything to say about this? Yeah, I was going to capitalize on that thought. Uh, Bethany Walsh at Bougie Miles today actually sent Sean a message today saying like, your article is the best of breaking it down and and showing like everything you can do and all the details. And she's like, I wish you would have read it, wrote it a day earlier. So I wouldn't have had to <laughs> dig through everybody else's stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check out Sean. Uh, Sean really knocked it out of the park with that article, I think. So he breaks it down, explains everything. There's a lot of nuance, as Joe said. So be sure to check it out. Hey, first isn't always the best. You know, you got to get things right. So good job, Sean. We miss you, buddy. This was a disaster. I so hope, I hope you enjoyed your one hour off this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it actually turned out to be like an hour and a half. We screwed up so many times, but you know, yeah. who's counting? He'll never let me on again. <laughs> right. Watch this and go, oh man! Don't, don't, don't worry. He's never going to listen to this. So <laughs> he might listen because it's not his own voice in here. Yeah. Is the- <laughs> All right, so let's close things out. Uh, Ian, where can people find you online? Where can they connect with you? Where can they, uh, you know, if they have any questions about Turkey or anything else, you know, all the great stuff you cover on the site, how can people connect with you? Best way is probably comment on one of my articles on either Miles to Memories, or I also blog at Travel Update. Uh, it's the other blog I'm most active on uh, these days. And my my uh, handle there is Family Flies Free. Yeah, that's with a Y and uh, flies with a Y. Uh, that's also my Twitter handle. So what about you, Mark? You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Or uh, email me at marketmilestomemories.com. Comment on any of the articles there. I can respond to your comments there. Or uh, join one of our Facebook groups. We're uh, 11,000 strong in the the free one. Or join the Patreon Diamond group, MTM Diamond Lounge, if you want a little more access and meetups and all that type of stuff. How about you, Joe? You can find me on the internet, all social media at as the Joe flies. You can find all my stuff there. I've got various podcasts, newsletters, etc. I've been writing the same newsletter for like four weeks, but uh, you know, it'll get done one day. Uh, you can find old episodes of this podcast at mtmpodcast.com. Like we said off the top, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. Like Mark said, if you want bonus content, including listening to this train wreck of a podcast live, you can check us out on patreon.com slash miles to memories. Ian, thank you again so much for coming on. You know, it might not have been the cleanest podcast, but I had a ton of fun. Mark, this is more laughing than you've done in a while. So I'm sure Han is going to be super pleased with the podcast, our, our buddy Han on Twitter. So and just think, um, Joe cuts out like half my laughs. So if you want to watch it live, you get way more laughs. Yeah. <laughs> no, be careful, Mark. That could be a deterrent for people signing up for your Patreon. So we might, we might sign up. You got to play it close to the If Joe video. released the live version, we'd only get one star instead of two star laughs. So we're good to go. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Next week, Sean will be back. Please do not review bomb us just because of this episode. You know, you got to go back to the uh, entire <laughs> repertoire of what we have the last 56. But joking aside, Ian, it was uh, awesome having you on. It was awesome hearing about your trip to Turkey. And uh, thank you so much hey. for taking the time. 
Ian's my real friend because he came to Detroit. We met in real life, so we can call each other real friends. You know? We did. We did. Our kids Lucky. have broken bread together. Lucky him, I guess. <laughs> That's a throwback to a couple episodes ago where Joe said we're not real friends because we haven't met. Real. I want to say that every episode I can. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. Bye. Hey, time out. Um, Ian, when you are not talking, um, you got to hit your mute button because. Um, oh, we cannot um, we edit. edit. We can't edit out any of the sounds that you make. So like that cough you just did, which is fine, by the way, but uh, I can't, I can't edit that out. So. It's totally not fine. Joe is just, he is. It's not fine. Dying. It's not I fine. Was... You, see the, you see this light glowing on my forehead? That's, that's not a reflection. That's not a reflection. That is my brain burning through my skull. I was literally just thinking, man, when Mark's talking about the Zoom meeting issues, I remember like a couple of weeks ago, I muted literally everyone, clients included, on a call because I got just so tired of everyone's background noise. I was thinking that, that I just went, I said boom, it, everyone's call. off because I had control. I was facilitating. I now can't I hear do- leaving it on. I can't do that, but um, I I want to trust you, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to give my trust to you. All right. I'm going to read you in now. Okay. He only blocks me on that. With yeah, that I only, I only, I only, I only, I'll only force mute Mark. I won't do it to anyone else. So good outtake. We didn't have any outtakes last week. So it's perfect. Okay. Hang on. There's someone right outside being noisy. We I know. know I can sure you, it's, there's a bunch it's, of uh, dogs out there too. This is Ian's awful. in a really sketchy part of town. This is going so strange. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> wait is that is that person in your office or outside no right out front it looks like it looks like they're in the window just like like that can't shadow that like they're just watching they're doing you. dog training in front of my office right now <laughs> if it was cats ian would have to get up and walk out <laughs> and gone. watch the cat <laughs> send it to me ian i will no, no, no. Say, what about you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's his first time, folks. It's his first, first time. Escorting me along and pushing the elevator button and doing all this. And hold on. I better plug my computer in. Otherwise, you're going to lose me. Oh, Rick. Rick says Sean will never be able to take a week off again.